Assalamu alaikum, dear baby bros and baby sisters. We're going to be getting into a little live stream today. And in the live stream, we want to talk about a... Uh, what did we want to talk about? I completely forgot. It was uh, shaming tactics. That's what it yeah. was. That's what it was, shaming tactics. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Why don't you uh, go ahead and hit it off? Bro, before I go in, I had a question for you. The what? first time you heard the word shaming tactics, what do you think it meant? A tactic to shame. <sighs> Were you like the the state champion of the spelling bee too? Mashallah. Okay, guys. So for a lot of y'all that don't know what shaming tactics are, they're basically psychological manipulative tactics that people use. Society uses them. A lot of different woke cultural groups use them, like the alphabet people and all that. And they basically use these to make you look like the bad guy. So it's kind of like, I'll give a simple example of this. Um, let's say some guy thinks that their spouse is cheating on them right and they then go through their phone and they find exactly what they thought was going on and then the spouse comes and she's like oh why were you going through my phone you don't trust me like that's a shaming tactic do you get what i mean so yeah. you kind of project <clears throat> something else to paint the good guy or the victim look like the bad guy but anyway i got a list of typical shaming tactics that a lot of people use and we're going to be going through them. I want to well, read first thoughts. off. Yeah. Why do we want to talk about this? What What's the main goal here? What, what are we trying the main, to get across? The, the main intention is I see a lot of Muslims trying to pander the deen to please a lot of these woke groups. Mm. And they don't have this unapologetic attitude anymore. They don't have khira for the deen, bro. So when a squad of the alphabet gang comes along and they're like hey you guys aren't inclusive you guys don't value humanity and freedom of choice and they paint all these weird nice ways of making you look like the bad guy and you're out here put in a box like oh damn like how do i am i actually the bad guy do you get what i mean but before we go in guys if y'all didn't catch the umrah vlog check it out link in the description and uh 2022 take over time bismillah so First one we're going to talk about, the liberals use this a lot. It's you're barbaric or you're an extremist. Rami, what do you hear when, or what do you take in when you hear that from someone or from society? Well, what do I, what do I think when I hear that? Yeah, like if, if you're just, you're being a normal average Muslim or you're trying to propagate basic Islam, you're barbaric, you're an extremist. Yeah, I just see, uh, I just see a cop out from having to, uh, you know, understand that people live in a different way, that anyone that lives in a different way, uh, you know, isn't wrong. And perhaps your way of living is uh, is the one that's messed up. I see it as a cop-out to get away from religion. Uh, mm. To You know, it's a cop-out to get away from discussing something like, you know, maybe capitalism is messed up. Maybe, uh, uh, what's it called? Maybe liberalism is messed up. Maybe your secularist way of life is not right. Maybe our religion is actually right. Um, and just because you believe you're progressed and modern and that you should have all these societal diseases that you have uh, without having a problem with them, it uh, doesn't mean that we are barbaric people. And if, uh, it's, if it's either you know, being barbaric and Islam is barbaric and being modern and living with these societal diseases, then I mean, I'd rather be barbaric because at least in an you know, uh, Islamic state, we don't have these problems that you suffer from.
But at the end of the day, it's just a cop-out. Alhamdulillah. I don't know what's on your mind when you hear that. That's the question, bro. Not not what's on my mind, but like when I hear what what you I mean just when say, you when you hear your your barbaric or your old fashioned or your extremist, when you hear this from world culture. When I hear extremists, uh, I completely disagree because they're just saying that because they're coming from an extreme point. If you think about mm-hmm. it, this whole um, including and just uh, whatever it is that's going on, it's not really uh, it's not really a balance. It's not really like the middle path. If you think about it, it's actually a far off. It, it's it's dipping into an extreme in and of itself. You know, so then when you are in an extreme and you look at other things, then if they are not what you are, then for them, that's an extreme. Yeah. But it's kind of like mm-hmm. Rami said a long time ago. It's like when you dip to one extreme, well, or when there's an extreme present, you dip into another extreme. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. along the lines. To correct me if I'm okay. wrong, Rami. No, Hondo, bro. I think this is a very important topic to discuss because a lot of people, when they hear these terms, they actually process sometimes that am I really the bad guy? Like subhanallah, there's there's been a guy that uh in my family, he he prays five times a day. Now I'm telling you guys this because I'm saying he's doing the bare minimum as a Muslim. Mashallah, may Allah bless him because a lot of people still struggle with that. But there were other people in his family that were like, Bro, why are you so extreme? Like, why are you so like out there? And I'm like, bro, he's doing the bare minimum. He's praying five times a day. And that makes him extreme. That's what I'm saying, bro. So when you dip to one extreme, then everything else seems like an extreme. And Thanks. then on on top of that, you said the uh, what was the other stuff you said? You're old fashioned, old fashioned, barbaric. You're barbaric. You don't have an open mind. You're not progressive. Yeah. Again, this this will come from that extreme because we're not a part of what they are on. You know. But like, if if you get anyone that's even remotely close, even if they're not a Muslim, they're not going to say that it's extreme. They're not going to say it's barbaric or that it's traditional. They're going to be like, oh, it's proper. It's not, it's not my belief, but it's proper. Yeah. Yeah. And also yeah. It's, it's a big, it's a big uh, matter of being uneducated, essentially. Um, and it's a matter of values at the end of the day, because like even the term progressive, like what, the, what does that mean? A lot of the time people mm-hmm. define, there's a book uh, written on, I think I mentioned it uh, a few times. I'll, I'll put in the comments inshallah if i remember but uh, it's basically talking about what progression isn't and then what progression is because people define progression as how many university graduates we have how many jobs we have how our you know economy is how strong our military is our standing in the world are we you know a first world country or third world country and so on and so forth and uh, they don't even define it using you know how many natural resources you have because you have you go to places in the middle east that are rich in natural resources rich in oil and stuff and they're deemed like horrible places to live uh, because of the economic state they're in. But if you look at what progression should mean and pro- what, what progressiveness should be, it should be that the government loves the people and the people love the government and they live in a cohesive mm-hmm. manner where everyone's benefiting the next person uh, and not this liberalistic mindset. So it's all a matter of what you see as progressive. And in my opinion, based off the definition mm-hmm. I gave, the Muslims, as they prove for a thousand years, would be the most progressive nation on the face of the earth. As in the first, <clears throat> in the first few hundred years, they progress science and in mathematics and all these different fields. Uh, by some people say three hundred years. Without the Muslims, we'd be three hundred years um, 
back mm. in terms of our scientific technological advancement. So I think I that's agree. Bro, if you look at Australia right now, the most woke liberal, one of the most woke liberal nations today, they're putting First Nations Aboriginals into concentration camps, the ones that get COVID. This is on the news, if you don't believe me. Normal people, and when I say normal people, I'm talking non-Indigenous Australians, right? They're not going into camps, but these people are. It's pretty weird, bro. Anyway, uh, we're going to go through all the isms, right? So li liberalism, socialism, feminism, all the shaming tactics they use. Um, before we go into feminism, there's one more. It's uh, socialism and liberalism. They love this one. It's you're not inclusive. All right. When, when people hear that, it makes them feel like they're the bad guy. Like they're, they're trying to, you know, have hate or marginalize a certain population. But we're better than that. We're smarter than that. So Rami, what does that actually mean? Um, well, I mean, it's, again, it's, I think I just, I just see it as another cop-out. Like, uh, there has to be a limit somewhere. This is just a, a trying to step beyond the boundaries. There has to be a boundary. We can't allow everyone in. We can't allow murderers in. We can't allow rapists. We can't allow pedophiles. We can't allow people that go against the, uh, the morals of society. And any basic human being uh, who's not a sociopath or psychopath would understand that. And they would agree that, okay, we shouldn't, and I'd hope they'd agree that we shouldn't let pedophiles in, but they should also mm -hmm. agree that we, we shouldn't let murderers or uh, rapists do whatever they want and include them in our society and uh, to do mm -hmm. whatever they desire. And with Muslims, it's just a, a step before that. We stop it at uh, homosexuality, not just murder and rape, but we stop it at homosexuality. We stop it at uh, public displays of affection. We stop it at uh, places well, well before the um, uh, socialists and the capitalists and the, and the liberalists. We stop it at drinking and, and watching pornography and all these different things because these mm -hmm. things lead to societal diseases. And these things are very, very problematic for society as a whole, especially in the long term, in the long run, because you look at the divorce rates, look at the pornography addictions, look at how many men are killing themselves, look at all the problems there are in society that stem from issues um, like uh, even STDs come from homosexual people. All of mm. these things, these are societal diseases that we allow to happen because of our lack of morals. So if, we're, if you're not included, it's not because we hate you. It's for the betterment of society as a whole. Mm. That's fair enough. I just want to say, bro, a lot of people that are listening to this right now that are probably from woke cancel culture, they're probably going to fit everything we say, or at least everything we say is going to, you know, tick mark all these boxes that we're talking about. SubhanAllah. Bano, what about you? Mm. Well, first of all, it's not that we don't include the people. We just don't include the act. We don't mm. include the act of homosexuality. Like the person in and of themselves, they're included. But not the act of homosexuality. And that's the thing. Like, we're not inclusive. This is just referring to we, we're not appealing to the emotions. We're not appealing mm. to uh, your naps and your desires. It's just that it's that simple. It really is that simple. So it's like, okay, we were appealing to your desires, your lusts, your emotions. Okay, well, yeah, you can be you can be a Muslim and you can be homosexual at the same time. Like, well, what does that do? At the end of the day, it's gonna completely destroy what a Muslim is. It's gonna corrupt what Islam is, and that's what's happening to whatever movements are being created where the desires are being at the forefront but mm -hmm. just having like actual substance you know actual things that are set in stone that don't change as time progresses 
Fair enough, bro. I know Angel had a lot to say on that. I agree. There's nothing else I got to add. But I know Angel is going to have a lot to say on the next one, too, because he's mentioned it before on the podcast. But uh, this is a very common one that you see in... Uh, I hear a lot of, you know, feminists use this, but it's basically, who hurt you? When It's, it's kind of cringe, bro, but it's it's like you're bitter or who hurt you, you know? What do you What do you... Or at least, what did you hear before? And what do you hear now? Let me know, y'all. Okay, bismillah. Um, I just see an attack on your character, an attack on your authority. It's not even a logical argument. It's just like trying to one-up you. It's just a one-liner. Like, oh, who hurt you? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the ma- masculinity is so fragile. It's like, it doesn't really do anything, honestly, on a logical or rational level. Like, And even if a person was hurt, what does that have to do with whatever logical argument, rational argument they're making, whatever case they're making? So honestly, I don't even want to talk about this one. I think it's a waste of time. It's just a, a one-liner. Mm-hmm. It's just an emotional statement. It's basically like, yo, I had no idea how to counteract what you just said. <laughs> so I'm just going to say who hurt you. And whoever mm-hmm. else is... uh. Whoever else is listening and watching in an emotional lens, they'll agree and they'll be like, Yeah, who hurt you, bro? Come on, like you can't be like that. Can't act mm. like that. Okay, okay. All right, let's go deep into it. The next one is you're not supposed to judge a woman by what she wears. This is a very difficult one to talk about, subhanAllah, because in Islam we have the hijab, we have modesty and all that, we have haya. And in, in woke culture, it's more like empowering oneself as a woman means to not really care about that and to liberate your your physical appearance and sexuality so what are your thoughts on that on hell i think you should take this one first bro yeah well this is a shake that was on youtube and he was asked this question by a woman who was basically wearing uh, a shirt with no bra and everything and she asked like oh why why do you guys oppress your women why do you guys mm. make your women cover up and everything? Like, a woman should be able to express herself and be free. And, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to say that I can remember everything he said, but one of the things he said is, like, every woman nowadays, no matter where they're living, they go outside. Okay, let's say they're, they're dressing however they want to dress, provocatively, whatever. That's freedom for them. All right? When it gets nighttime, go out into an area that's a, just a little sketchy or go out into the city or something and, and walk from like one side or, or a few blocks or maybe a few, like a mile or something like that. Just walk by yourself at nighttime. As a woman, dress the way that you want to be dressed provocatively. See how that works for you. And like he basically showed that like, you know, nine times out of 10, women wouldn't do that. Why wouldn't they do that? Because... They feel afraid that they will be violated. They feel afraid that they will be raped or something will happen. Why do they feel this way? Because when a woman dresses provocatively, it's going to instigate a reaction from men. Men, we we respond visual. We are visual creatures. So when we see something visually that's appealing, we are going to respond. Now, some men have less inhibitions than others. Some will resolve to catcalling. Some will resolve to, um, you know, walking with you, trying to, like, talk to you, like, obviously the girl here. And then some will actually go out of their way and, you know, try to make something happen. Like, they'll try to grab you. They'll try to 
do whatever it is by force. And if you're alone, if there's not many people around and this person has bad intentions, you think they won't do that? Mm. You know, and, and obviously women know this intuitively. They know this intuitively. That's why they are afraid. That's why they have that fear. Now, you look at the video that we made, uh, the reaction where the guy, he does the experiment where the girl, she's just walking in like, not even provocative clothing. I'd say like, that, that didn't normal drop clothing, it. normal Western, <clears throat> normal Western clothing. And then she got all these dudes hitting on her saying all this stuff. But then when the moment that she covered up, dressed modestly, mm. wore the hijab, it was nothing. It was nothing. So there's reason behind this. There's reason behind this. Rami, tell, tell them the reason, because it's slipping my mind, <laughs> of why they did this back in the day, back in Saudi Arabia. Rami, you're muted, Why they did what specifically back in the day? Why, why the women started to cover up? Why it was decreed for the women to cover up in Saudi oh. Arabia? Okay, I see. So, okay, like, like the Sharia. Oh, because yeah. Saudi Arabia wasn't around back then. It's basically like, you know, Mecca. Yeah, I know. I know what it is. Okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah, no yeah. worries. Nothing. Middle East, <laughs> Middle East. Yeah, so, um, um, actually, if you remember from the uh, from the class, when it comes to the illa, the reason um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't provide an illa for the hijab, but that doesn't mean that, obviously, it's without a reason and we can't derive reasons from it. Uh, it's for the mm -hmm. sake of haya, and it's because Islam knows that the social interrelationship dynamic um, works best in the case where a man is covering from navel to knee, a woman's covering basically everything except their hands and her face, uh, and there's limited interactions except for what's necessary. Uh, men and women lower their gaze. Islam knows that the social dynamic works best in this case. Hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, look, look at the problem. Like you mentioned, when you live in a society where people can just, you know, dress however they like uh, and if you know being if being clothed less and i don't want to take from your time you know um because i think it's still your turn but if being clothed less means you're more free then why aren't people walking around naked why aren't people around allowed to walk around naked why can't i why not me you know why can't someone go completely expose their their, their genitalia and say that they're free why are you oppressing me by putting me in underwear you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Bonhill, sorry, I want to give it back to you, but it's basically for the sake uh, of I am modesty. I agree with both of y'all. It's it's so superficial. Like the way they, they realize, <clears throat> the way they handle societal diseases is let's just appeal to people's nafs today. There's no forethought in what could happen tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. they want to be free. They want to dress how they want. Let them. Yeah. They want to practice this. Let them. They want to drink. Let them. But it's not going to, they, they don't realize what's going to happen tomorrow or even the day after. When subhanAllah, Allah has, has given us the perfect instruction manual from Jahiliya to Qiyamah. But if only they knew. Anyway, we yeah. got three comments from uh, Brother Abdul, who's a YouTube member. Shout out to you. Let's go through it. So, Salaamu Alaikum, brothers. And this political climate has created, uh, if you are not with us, you are against us mentality. And the shaming tactics help with this. If you think the government should provide social assistance, education help to the right, yeah. Like, basically, like, if you want us to help you out, you got to, you know, abide by our rules. You got to go get this jab. You got to do whatever. If you disagree with the alphabet ideology to the left, you are considered a fascist. There is no middle ground yet. Yeah. Yeah. SubhanAllah. Um, 
I want to, you know, eventually bring it back to the, the question about like modesty and everything. But about this, um, subhanAllah, it's, it's like this because, you know, people have a tendency to make it this way. People have a tendency to make things into a dichotomy and a lot of the time a false dichotomy. And the false dichotomy today is that it's either, you're either a capitalist or a socialist or a communist. You know what I mean? Either capitalism or communism. People don't understand mm. that there are other things outside of communism, outside of socialism, outside of uh, capitalism, outside of liberalism, secularism. You could just live an Islamic lifestyle. You can have church, not church, but you know, Sharia, the Sharia yeah. state, mm. Islam, majority Muslim country, be the state, live with people who aren't exactly Muslim, but still have a Muslim lifestyle, an Islamic lifestyle, uh, using their rules and their norms. You can have a place where there's no income tax, but there's an uh, excessive a wealth tax where you know things like uh, health care is provided for free there's affordable housing you live in essentially a utopia compared to where we're living now and people might ask you know how is this possible but even that question is because they're coming from a capitalistic mindset of the individual but in this society it's more about the collective so the the you know everyone would literally be helping their neighbor because that's the type of society we live in and things like that are praised and we're taught yes. from a young age to be there for each other and not to just you know, focus on you and your money. MashaAllah, Rami going in on this one. All right, so you also mentioned briefly the next one, or you didn't, but there's no point of me saying the next one, which is don't you guys oppress your women, right? So there's no point in saying this one. So I'm just going to skip to the next one. You're in a marriage right now. Astaghfirullah, uh, there's Muslim women using this term, but when there's a man with khira and, you know, the, the society, the world culture, they use this a lot, but it's basically you're insecure or you're controlling or you're possessive. So when you hear that, it almost makes you look like you have a character flaw. Now, I'm not denying that there are, I guess, spiritual disease of the heart in Islam, in the deen. Okay, there are, I'm talking extreme, without any suspicion, without any evidence, you're just here being a lunatic. We're not talking about that. We're talking about having basic ghira, and they're saying you're possessive or controlling. What are your All thoughts? Right. Bismillah. Can I make one comment on the, uh, the women covering up thing? Go for it, bro. Go for it. I just wanted to add something I forgot to mention at the beginning, yeah. which is basically um, you judge everyone based on how they look, whether it's how they dress or how they act. You, you everyone, even women, especially women, because they'll, they'll they'll be the first ones to go and tackle yeah, women's outfit. So uh, honestly, we're gonna we're not gonna come out and like yell at you in the street or anything, but we're gonna make an mm. internal judgment, and it's gonna affect whether we wanna uh, even you know go near you or not. So. Uh, that's just That's normal. The thing. Don't be There's clinical psychological studies to prove that women judge women harder than men judge women any day of the week. And, you know, we're not saying, oh, this is when we're putting down, but it's like you combine that with the society that women usually, from what I've seen in the West, they give women compliments more when they're not dressing modestly. So from a strictly behavioral conditioning point of view, women are going to get that dopamine spike when they dress this way and they're not going to get it when they don't dress this way. And as human beings, we love attention. So... You know what I mean? But anyway, the one you're true controlling or possessive. What are your thoughts on the Anhel Rami? Anhel, bro, you want to go first? I talked quite a bit. Controlling and possessive? Yeah, what the uh, heck does this people, mean, bro? I think people, uh, I believe it's people. I'm not going to single out like women or men or something like that. But I think people say this specifically. Um, because it, they come from an emotional standpoint. You understand what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. if they're referring to Muslims, if they're referring to, like, proper Islam, and then they're saying, oh, you're being too controlling, you're being too possessive, it's like, okay, well, 
this has been here for like hundreds of years. Hmm. This has worked since the beginning. So why would it not work now? Oh, it's not gonna work now because you're you you're emotional and you think I'm being controlled and possessive. Like at that mm. point, like they need to set their emotions aside and really reassess everything. Just look at it and then uh, you know, see it from a I, I guess I guess logical, rational point of view versus seeing it from a emotional point of view. And that's that's the problem nowadays, is that we live in the time where everyone is just Everyone's emotional. Everyone's appealing to the emotions. Like mm-hmm. this whole, everything's just set up to where it's like you have to appeal to someone's emotions. And that might not even be the proper word, but y'all understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It's like to whose standards? Do you know what I mean? Abu American said this in a video where when people use these terms, it's they have an issue with the deen or with the commandments that Allah has given, but they project that onto you to make you look like the bad guy for minor kufr, right? So if they have an issue with Allah giving divine revelation on how a woman should dress and a woman looks at you sideways for, you know, reminding her of hijab, you know, even in a polite way, it's not her issue with you, it's her issue with hijab. And people would rather subconsciously rationalize that I I have an issue with a human being instead of I have an issue with Allah's divine law. It's a very tough pill to swallow for a lot of people. Yeah. 100%, 100%, subhanAllah. Uh, my two cents on it would just be, um, Bismillah. Can you, can you read the statements again? Yeah, so you're insecure, i.e. when <clears throat> man has ghira, you're yeah. controlling, you're possessive, you, you, don't, you don't trust me. This is a big yeah. one that I didn't mention, but you don't trust me. Yeah, yeah, alhamdulillah. Okay, I just wanted to be sure I'm, I'm on the same topic, alhamdulillah. Okay. Um, yeah, so a lot of the time, I mean, I like what both of you said, so I'm not going to talk too much, alhamdulillah, but... um. It's um, it's it's well, it's kind of funny actually when it comes to um, calling a man possessive or controlling or whatever. Because why is having this form of of possessiveness or protection or control bad? Why are these things bad? And a lot of the time, some men are too possessive. Some men would just like lock their women in the house and like you you you're never gonna see you know the sun basically. Daylight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like that's okay. That's possessive. That's too much. Some men are too controlling, like. No, you have to do what, you know, Aisha radiallahu anha did once in a while where she covered one eye and the, her entire face, so only one eye was showing. You have to do that. Like, that's too much. You, you can't, you know, force your wife in that case. But uh, in, in cases where it's like, I want you to dress modestly. I want you to do at least what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded you. Why, are that, bro, this is the husband you should want to have. Because this, this is not the husband that's going to let you do, you know, whatever you want. This is the husband that's going to, you know, help you get to Jannah. This is the husband that's going to keep your kids from, you know, doing whatever they want. Because if your husband's letting you do whatever you want, then he's not going to have that proper fatherly discipline uh, with your children as well. And then they're going to go off in that direction as well. And if you don't have a man that's willing to stand up even, you know, to you uh, for the sake of Allah, to establish the rules of Allah, uh, then he's not going to do it for your kids. And that's not a man you want in your life. You don't. I thought women wanted a man who is in control of himself and in control of the situation. I thought mm-hmm. women wanted a man who, who can protect them. Mm-hmm. But it's only until they protect, you know, they protect you from things like, uh, well, that's, you know, not modest enough. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that's convenience, bro. I don't know what's on your mind. No, no, I like that. He, he cleared up. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, there's a brother on TikTok, Faris Al-Hamadi. 
I've been watching lately. I don't know if you guys know him, but we're going to do an episode with him, inshallah, next week. But he was making a video where basically what Rami was saying, that that's possessive, you know, where Aisha radiallahu anha was covering one eye. We're not saying you can't do that because in Islam, at least a woman has to obey her husband, provided it's halal. And if it's permissible, it's permissible. So we're not saying it's haram for a man to do that. Well, necessarily what we're saying is by woke standards, it is on the possessive side compared to, you know, the more let you do whatever side. All right, next one. This is going to be a weird one because this is kind of the contra positive of what we talked about. The opposite. It's man up. Or, you, you know. It, oh, it's pause, pause, pause. Yeah. Before you even go into that, if we're talking about women here, Women got to understand, like, men just naturally have the, the hira. 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 It's in us. It's in us. Like, this is something natural. It's just we need to learn, like, what's actually proper and what's not mm-hmm. from the right from the right people. Not from a society that's been feminized, that's trying mm-hmm. to, uh, I guess, you know, feminize the men. So it's like if you take a man who has this naturally inside of him and he's not able to express that because you're shaming him, you're putting him down for expressing this natural trait that the creator has instilled inside of him, what do you think is going to happen? Nothing good is going to happen. And it's not going to go away. It's not like he's just going to fully submit. What ends up happening is that it starts to affect him psychologically in different ways to where he's going to act out and he's going to... He's just gonna do things where it, this is not—it's not good by any means. And mm-hmm. like, what is it that's gonna happen? Listen, I don't know. But if you, if you have a man, like from my experience, if you have a man, he has his hater, and he's put down because of it. He starts to stop being protective. He starts to stop being uh, that jealous, and then he starts accepting everything. He starts accepting everything. So, okay, then now the woman gets to the point where, like, all these men are trying to hit on him. And now it's like, well, he's, he's not, he doesn't have the jealousy. He's been uh, suppressing himself so much that now he can't do anything. So now the woman's mad at him because he's mm-hmm. not doing anything. So it's like, okay, well, what do you want now? Do you want him to be protective? Do you want him to be yeah. have that jealousy, like, that protective jealousy? Or do you want him to just be submissive? And then it's like, oh, well, no, I want, I want him to have it sometimes, but not, come on now. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, with it. Being dayuth won't get you far in the eyes of Allah from what I've researched. So that's what it is. But anyway, we got a lot to cover. So the man up thing, what I hear when I, when I you know, I get people saying man up, it's basically like, oh, now it's convenient for you. You know what I mean? Like y- y- you want us to let, you know, y'all do whatever you want until it's man up time. There's another one too that ties with this. It's, uh, I want you guys to tell me what you hear when you hear this. It's a real man does X, Y, Z. Or a real man is X, Y, Z. And women saying this about a real man, this automatically, it's like, bro, the arrogance, like, you know, you're not a man, but what do you hear? Well, I mean, I think it's funny because as soon as they say a real woman does this, this, that, it's like they lose their mind. (sighs) And then they say a real man doesn't tell a woman what she is and isn't. It's just hypocrisy at the end of the day. But um, listen, I... (laughs) I don't define what a woman is. I don't define what a man is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. has made it very clear. The Prophet والسلام, has made it very clear. The boundaries. And think, think about what defines a thing. What defines a thing is its, its boundaries. What it can't be recognized without. For example, I can't be a man if I don't have things a man has. You know what I mean? 
uh, or if I have, if I also have things that a man doesn't have, I can't be a natural human being if like I have like wings and I don't have like, you know, male genitalia. You wouldn't consider me a human man. It doesn't make sense. Uh, mm -hmm. sit, now, let's take physical characteristics aside. There are behaviors and roles and, and ways that we act as men that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet defined us to have to have. We have to have khira. We have to have protectiveness. And if we don't, we're literally less of a man. Men have to go to war. So if they miss out on that without a reason, literally they are less of a man. And men have to provide and care for their women in a way that women don't have to for men. There's a distinction between them. So if a man doesn't do that, not because he can't, but if he's not willing to, if Allah gives him the ability and he doesn't, mm. he's literally less of a man. And same thing with a woman. Allah has... has made it very clear uh, what a woman should be like. And there's a hadith, a hadith talking about it like she shouldn't be as crafty as a man. And she should really care about, you know, how she looks to her husband. And she should really care about looking pleasing to her husband. And the same way, not the same exact way, but a husband should as well to the wife. But it's emphasized a little bit more for the, the, the wife to the husband. There are hadith talking about it. And these are things that Allah and the Prophet, peace be upon him, have decided so i'm not making it up so when you come to me and say a real man does this you might come to me and say a real man lets his woman provide for him but it literally makes absolutely no sense in my eyes and since you're basing it off of nothing but your personal opinion i'm sorry but i don't like i couldn't care less about that mm -hmm. i agree shout out to Nayway for becoming a youtube member and joining the family Mubarak, bro or sis now the next one is hold up boy you ain't even let me go Oh, damn, bro. This guy has a lot to say then. Mashallah. Come on. Nah, I ain't got a lot to say. It's just very simple. It's like Rami said, these people that are saying man up or, you know, whatever it is, they don't know what a man is. They have no idea. They're speaking strictly from their perspective, their subjective intellect. And it's like, listen, if we want to know what a man is like, we have the proper guidelines. Hmm. We have the proper role model. That is what a man should be. And if someone says, oh, um, you need a man up and do so-and-so, well, okay, is that is that what the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, did? If not, then where are you getting this from? You know? Thanks. All right. Next one is fragile masculinity bro i cringe i know i'm cringing my skin is crawling but fragile masculinity it almost makes you feel like as men we naturally have masculinity as men we naturally want to proliferate mashallah our masculinity and when you hear someone say that you're doing this because you don't have masculinity it almost makes you have like a mind bender like oh damn I should be doing the opposite to show I have a lot of masculinity. And a lot of men fall victim to this, right? I was stuck for a lot of Dayuth men that use these shaming tactics on other men today. The male feminists, so on and so forth. But when you guys hear this term uh, or this phrase, what do you what do you hear? Oh, no, I want to take this one first. No, you can go, bro. All right, bismillah. So, um, again, I see another kappa. I see another. It's in. It's along the same lines of a man does this, a man does that. Because when, when you do something and someone comes to you, especially like women or other men, they say, you know, that's just fragile mac, uh, fragile masculinity. It's the same thing as saying a real man does this and that. When you call someone fragile and they call the masculinity fragile because of something they did, it's the same. It's basically the same as saying you're not a real man. So it's along the same lines. And I think it falls into the same category. If you think my masculinity is fragile because I 
have respect for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the messenger and for my family and I want my wife to dress a certain way and to not dress a certain way and my kids to grow up a certain way and not grow up some other way um, then you know call it what you want but this is what literally makes me a man and if anything your men are the ones that are losing their masculinity um, and literally becoming women honestly there are some men literally becoming women uh, mm -hmm. alhamdulillah uh, if anything if anyone's ma <laughs> masculinity is fragile it would be theirs so I <laughs> turn your heads to them Mm -hmm. mm. I don't have much to say. I, I think it boils down to the, the same thing uh, that I said, where it's like if you suppress a natural trait, then something bad is going to happen. And then the same mm. as the other, like if it is suppressed, and then now you're trying to tell them, oh, well, you're, you're not even being a man, you're being, you're being less of a man, you're being like a woman. Or, you know, I'm not going to say the word, but. You know what I'm talking about, the B word. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, okay, first you suppress the individual. <laughs> now you're trying to get them to do even more. So now anything that they do that is um, in their eyes masculine, it's not going to be proper masculinity. It's just going to be uh, a shadow of masculinity. And this is where you can see as toxic masculinity. Mm. This is like that forced masculinity it's not real but again it's like what Rami said one extreme breeds another so if you suppress you're bringing this individual to one extreme and then it's just gonna dip them into another extreme mm -hmm. okay there bro next one you're a misogynist or the misogyny Ooh. the patriarchy alright found a lot you know this question actually came up in a group chat and one sister answered it very well when it comes to patriarchy. And I don't think we have too long, so inshallah, I'm going to try and make this really fast. But mm. uh, Islam is not patriarchal because patriarchy has this like this male superiority and this kind of like females are undervalued narrative to it. But Islam is not like that at all, actually. Um, and misogyny. Some things are misogynist. Some things that, that men do in the world are is misogynistic. So, I mean, we're not going to undermine that. But... Um, you would be undermining the term misogyny if you take a man who asks his wife to wear hijab and a man who beats his wife and call them both the same term, misogynist. Mm -hmm. It's actually disrespectful to the term misogynist. It's the same, same thing as like when a woman lies about being abused. You're actually disrespecting real abuse victims who have to go through it um, because, you, because, I don't know, you want to cop it or whatever. So again, calling someone a misogynist just because you disagree with them and because they have a certain view about women, sometimes it's misogynistic. When it's based in la ilaha illallah, you can't call it misogynistic because then you'd be mm -hmm. calling Allah in the process and misogynistic, and that's a whole other problem. I feel like they would be called that today. I stuck for Allah in a lot of these terms, but uh, anyway, there's almost 100 uh, viewers right now in the stream. Allah mubarak to all of you guys. Smash that like button just so we know that you guys are still here with us. All right, just two more. Next one You're afraid of a strong woman. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! It's I'm not so that we're afraid, afraid of a strong woman. We just don't want a masculine woman, because a mm. woman can be feminine and can be strong. You yeah. did, you did. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not. I I don't like the term strong because it's not like I'm afraid of a woman who you know who's who's capable, who's who's strong or whatever. It's un, in my opinion, honestly, it just gets annoying to deal with a mm -hmm. woman who's constantly like throwing 
her, you know, herself, her opinion in your face and is kind of like competing with you. I don't yeah. want to compete with my wife. And that doesn't make you strong. That makes you disagreeable. And it's really rather annoying. Uh, so yeah, that's why I don't. Who's defining know. strong? That's a good that's, question. That's <clears throat> why I just said, oh, not really, but that's what I had in my mind. Hmm. Yeah, mashallah. Mashallah. Okay, guys, we got four minutes left. Do you guys want to open the floor right now to uh, the public? Or once you guys go at 12, I just do that myself. Let's let's open the floor now, inshallah. Okay, yeah. Last one. Shaming is not really a phrase, but basically when women get shamed today for wanting to start a family over a career. Mm. Mm. Go. That's a big one, man. That's a big one. I'm going to try and make it fast. Yeah, you start but, uh, while I change the thing to uh, subscribers too. All right. Bismillah. Um, it's, it's, it's really funny because feminism is always, you know, let the woman choose until she chooses to be a woman. Let a woman choose until she chooses to be, you know, a mother, a housewife, not have a job and all that stuff. And I'm not advocating women to not have a degree or not have a job or anything. They can, they have the right to do, um, you know, as long as it's halal within the halal boundaries, they can do what they want in that regard. Uh, there's no problem with that. Obviously, when if the husband and everything is okay with it. Um, but other than that, you, you, like, you can't shame, whether a man or a woman, you can't shame a woman for wanting to be a housewife. Um, the same way you wouldn't want me to shame a woman, not me, but anyone to shame a woman for having a job or having a career. Uh, so if you're truly, you know, for women choosing whatever they want to do and being their own independent people, quote unquote, then why can't they choose to be a housewife? And why is this bad? Because a lot of women prioritize a career and then they end up not having kids, not getting married. And I've spoken to some sisters in the comments that are like, you'll never catch me with a man. You'll never catch me married. And it's just very mm. like hate filled. It's like, you know, I hope inshallah one day you find a man that makes you see that not all men are like absolute vile dogs. I will give you that. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing wrong with depending on a man, guys. Whatsoever. It's Matter only bad to Allah depend on a bad man. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And but I'm saying like you can't have these honest. bad experiences and then be like, oh, I still want security. What if it doesn't work out? I mean, you're going into your marriage being like, it might not work out. Yeah, that's not yeah. really the right mind state. Yeah, and to be honest, these are these women aren't really choosing to go into work and all that stuff. They're, they're being forced by the society that they live in. The society is enforcing them. They're like, hey, you need to be strong. You need to be independent. You need to make your own money. You need to go out here and you need to be studying and getting the top of it. Listen, there's nothing wrong with these things inherently. But as a woman, I'm not going to say much because obviously I'm a man. I can't speak too much from the perspective of a woman. But what I will say is that every single woman that has gone down this path always says that they regret it. Always says that they regret um, not starting a family, um, not, you know, doing things more uh, traditional, if we want to say so. And then also, when women are in this path, let's say you have a woman, she's been she went to school, she's been working full-time, she has no time for a man, she got no time for a family, none of this stuff. She gets sick. She has to take off like a week or two weeks, and in the week or two weeks, she's just spending time with her family or maybe spending time with kids or something like that. Like, bro, she doesn't want to go back to work. She doesn't want to go back and do that. Like, that lets you know right there and then, like, okay, yeah, maybe she probably didn't like it 100% what she was doing, but 
it, it says a lot. Like it speaks volume when a woman is in her masculine and then she's forced to go back into her feminine. And then when she goes back into her feminine, she realizes, oh, I don't really want to be in the masculine. This has just been something that's been pushed on me. True. I'm going to quickly read out these statements and we got some questions from some sisters. So people always have something bad to say, but our religion is based on sincerity. Alhamdulillah it is. All right. These people fail to realize that there are men and males. Uh, Allah has given us the characteristics of a man. Arajal, mashallah. May Allah bless you. Okay. Next, we got a question from a sister. Would you say it's harder or easier for a revert sister that's from a different culture to be submissive and righteous towards her husband than a born Muslim sister? Jazakallah khair. I think it's harder. I think it has think more. What? I think Angel said he thinks it's harder. It's right. harder. I think, okay. it's I think harder. it depends. Yeah, I think I think it depends more on the situation because you can have someone who's born into a Muslim family but the uh, the women are taught basically to be men. And you can have someone who's born into a non-Muslim family, but they're taught basically what Islam is in line with. So I think it just comes down to how you were raised, your upbringing, mm-hmm. um, and all of that. But at the end of the day, alhamdulillah, people have the opportunity to shape themselves over time. And if you change your morality, um, then you know it, it becomes the door to changing your actions as well opens up. So if you think a woman should be you know, submissive and righteous towards her husband, uh, especially mm-hmm. Islamically, which is the case, alhamdulillah, um, then you can definitely start to make that change internally, regardless of where you are in life. Yeah. Allah made the deen practical and, and easy. And this is what's in line with your, your nature as a woman anyways. It's, it's still harder for the revert though. Yeah. As, as a born Muslim, like, yeah, the situation will change. But as a born Muslim, like, you have that guideline. It's there. And even if they're not truly like following 100% to a T, it's still there. It's still instilled in them. So it's in the back of their mind. Hmm. And then when it's time to actually submit, they're actually more willing to be submissive to their husband versus like a Reva woman. She never had that. Like she has to pretty much learn how to be submissive if her entire life she was getting the, uh, the isms. I would actually disagree with you, bro, because I believe that in a case-by-case basis, sometimes it's harder to unlearn than it is to just learn for the first time. For example, I see a lot of, you know, kofar women, like non-Muslim women in the West. There's this whole trad wives movement. They want to be traditional. And there are these non-Muslims out here. Let's talk about Dajweed. Very simple example, not directly related, but let's say you were taught wrong Dajweed or pronunciation of Quran growing up. So when you finally learn it the right way, It's like you got to pronounce it a different way now, the correct way. And it's going to take you time to unlearn. So similarly, a woman that's kind of been on Dean, even if she's a revert or not revert, but has been, I guess, shamed to be feminine, for her, it might be harder to unlearn that than a woman that never really even had that guideline. And she first came into Islam, she's like, okay, it says do this, I'm going to do this right away. Like I've seen a lot of women go into hijab within the first week of uh, reverting. So I think it does depend on a case-by-case basis. I think that, that applies to this case. In particular, because the revert would also have the conditioning from outside. So she already knows something, and now she has to unlearn that in order to be submissive and go into Islam. Bro, every revert has to unlearn what they knew in order to accept Islam. Hmm. You know who comes to my mind with this question? Mm-hmm. Sister Naima. Because she's a revert, isn't she? Hmm. Subhanallah, sometimes I forget, even like Brother Gabriel, that he's a revert. Yeah, yeah. MashaAllah. 
Yeah, yeah. But you see, and this is the problem because we live in a capitalistic society where, like, if we didn't really, if we didn't need and love money before, we really need and love money now because that's just what society is pushing out there. Especially in a society where hmm. you don't have, you're not like you don't use like gold as currency. You use paper, paper. It's like societal inbuilt, inbuilt uh, currency, essentially yeah. something that doesn't have much intrinsic value to it. It's just you know whatever they decide is is worth something. Uh, so it's not bad for a woman to have money to fall back on. And if a woman is truly scared about that, she can ask for a higher mahr, something that would cover her for maybe a few months. But you guys are missing a big portion of it because the job of a man isn't just to provide financially. It's also to, to physically protect. So if a man divorces his wife, she doesn't just lose that income. She also loses that physical protection. Are you going to use the mahr to also buy bodyguards or something like that? So there, I think you guys are missing the whole point uh, when it comes to this, this topic as a whole. Brother Wasim writes, or Wasim writes, that uh, if a woman starts wearing hijab because she's obeying her man, it's kind of like she's submitting to him instead of Allah. Like, she should already have that down pat. And uh, Dr. Stranger writes the same thing. Obeying your Muslim husband equals obeying Allah and a beloved Prophet Sallallahu So it really is as simple as that. Um, but it's harder because we live in a different society. But it doesn't negate the fact that what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. All right, Armor Wolf writes, they point in the Quran and say it's evil, but they never seen the, the Torah or... <laughs> man, that's a different conversation, man. That's more barbaric. Uh, let's see. May Allah subhanahu wa grant you pious women. Keep you in your family. Amin, Amin. Assalamu alaikum. I saw the out of one truth, whatever I see. Yeah. Guys, I want you to, you know, anyone watching this, we made a reaction video that aired yesterday. <clears throat> we academically refuted this this whole channel. But check it out. Alhamdulillah for the podcast. I think I think Anna's internet's acting up. Yeah. Let's see what else there is. There's a lot of comments. Uh <laughs> no, I agree. Rami, with this being said, how should a man, a woman who wants to hold tight onto the ropes of Allah, how should they navigate life after hearing what we had to say about all these societal, I guess, thorns that are being just thrown at our faces, bro, for just doing basic things that make us good human beings in the eyes of Allah? Well, um, it is difficult because we're social beings. We want people to love us. We want people to enjoy, you know, what we do in life. We want people to even praise us to a certain extent. Uh, so it's difficult when, when people are doing the opposite and throwing shade at you for just living a certain way, especially when that way is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided and not based on our internal desires. Um, but it also, it just always goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to strengthen your, your understanding, your aqidah. You have to strengthen yourself, your discipline. And you're just understanding of Islam in the world as a whole. Because when you understand there's no legislator, there's no one who can make a law, a rule, except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you understand that there's no one that can make a way, a deen, or a way of life 
other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you'll look at these people when they disagree with you. And you'll just remember they're not coming from a place of, of logic or rationality. They're, they're coming from a place of their inherent desires and what they've been taught as individuals. And it didn't come from Allah. What you have is from Allah. And you just have to keep that in mind and keep trying to teach them that way and pull them to Islam. And if anything, influence them rather than have them influence you. It's difficult. It's an uphill battle, but it's just something we have to do as Muslims. Um, I agree. MashaAllah, bro. Uh, EHB writes, I watched your podcast with Brother Sabur. Unbelievably relatable. MashaAllah. I think it was the one where we talked about desires and nafs and all that. So may Allah bless you for even watching the podcast. Share it with others. Iqra writes, I don't know if you guys talked about this already because I just came, but do you guys think it's wrong for someone to force a woman to wear a hijab like his wife or daughter? Okay, so hijab is not just something you wear. It's it's like characteristics of modesty. It's like a dress code in a way. Qualifications, criteria to keep in mind. Now, when I, I at least, I'm not going you know, to give the floor to Rami, but I, I'm not going to speak on is it permissible or impermissible. What I'm going to say is it's easier as parents, as husbands, Wali, to guide people in the right way instead of getting to a point where you have to, I guess, put force. Do you know what I mean? Like putting the foot down in and of itself at times shows that you didn't do your job when it was time to get stuff done. So my best advice would be definitely, you know, conditioning and raising them on deem properly to the point where there won't be this whole, I removed my hijab when I was 18. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think for the wife and for the daughter is two different questions. And every case is different. Every situation is different and depends on the specific situation. When it comes to your wife or when it comes to any woman who has reached, I would say, above puberty, who's at an age where she kind of has certain desires for herself and she kind of, you know, makes her own decisions like, oh, I want to wear the hijab now or, you know, whatever decisions come to mind. Uh, it's never OK to force it on them. And the reason I would say that is because they're going to grow to hate hijab. And then as, as, as by extension, they're going to grow to hate religion and maybe even, you know, hate Allah. Astaghfirullah So you're not doing them a service. Think about it. What are you trying to achieve? Get them to follow the religion of Allah. You're not going to get them to follow the religion of Allah by forcing them in the hijab. Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, La ikraha There's no compulsion in religion. So mm-hmm. if you force it on them, it's it's any if anything, it's going to be worse. And I ask my... Sheikh about this, and he, he basically told us it's going to be, uh, you know, kind of like a slow game. You have to build up to it. You have to encourage them, uh, and you have to be encouraging, not forcing. But when it comes to a daughter, perhaps under the age of puberty, someone who's like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, old enough, but still young enough, mm-hmm. you can put the hijab on her, have your wife put the hijab on her, have her go around, and she would be used to it by the time she hits puberty, and it would just be something she's been wearing. So in that case, I don't see a problem. Facts. Abu writes, do you think that fathers have ultimately failed their families in the West? I think that's a generalization, but I'm going to keep going. Many, okay, yeah, there are many moved to the West bringing their families and have become misguided. Will they be more accountable as Kawamun? All right. I think I see this in a lot of Desi households and Arab households that it's like we brought you to the West. There. Are you happy? Like this, this is our favor on you that we gave you an upbringing in like such a progressive, liberal, and safe, at times, um, zone compared to where we grew up. And you'll have a better education, better quality of healthcare, better quality of life at times. And there, now, kind of do your thing. SubhanAllah. I, um, I think people fail to understand that, you know, back home, they weren't 
very practicing either, especially if you like in certain places. Because what happened back home for the last few decades, um, the Orientalists, the non-Muslims went to our land and changed our way. There were decades, even my teacher was talking about it. Uh, Fahad, actually, if you remember yesterday, you know, um, Brother Farhadi was mentioning, like, you know, even in Afghanistan, there, the, the masjids were empty for decades. Yeah. So these people yeah. were, weren't even on deen to begin with. Exactly. Uh, because the, basically the, the non-Muslims came to kind of crush our deen. Alhamdulillah, it survived. They failed to crush it multiple times. Mm. Um, but I don't think it was much better back then. So we, as students, as people, as sons and daughters, need to get our deen right and help our parents if they're not on deen, inshallah. Inshallah, bro. I just want to say, mashallah, you have a really sick jacket, bro. I don't know why I just noticed it right now. <laughs> um, but what you were propagating right now aligns with this comment right now. So Abdul writes, Wallahi, I swear by Allah, I apologize to American Muslims. I just used to think that American Muslims, most of them are too liberally messed up. Um, and looking at you, brothers, and others really changed my mind. Jazakallah. First of all, all good is from Allah alone. Second of all, I will say, this is just me. I'm not going to make a whole generalization, but in Arab countries in, in the Middle East, the Muslims I've seen there do not compare in terms of manners, etiquette, adab, iman, and how, how much of a good community they have to some Muslims in the West, some reverts. It's a shame, but I'm saying it as it is. Dr. Strange writes, I'd be really, it would be really beneficial for the Ummah if there was a kind of Islamic marriage training program that young women and men can join to learn. Okay, so we have made an intimacy series, right? It's a whole series A to Z on intimacy, raising kids, intimacy with your wife, marriage night, nikah, pre-nikah, screening, everything with Brother Gabriel Romani. Uh, I'll make sure to link it right now if I can once the video is done processing. But check that out. Go to our channel right now. Click on playlist. Actually, first of all, find my Omra vlog and watch that. What are you guys doing? Second, go to playlist. Find the intimacy series. There's like eight or nine episodes. Uh, watch it with Brother Gabriel. And we have an episode that's going to air next week, inshallah, that I did in person with Brother Gabriel. And it's a continuation of the intimacy series. So you guys need to see that. Um, but with Brother Fadis Al-Hamadi, the brother from TikTok that I mentioned, we are going to film an episode exclusively on the actual rights and responsibilities of women and men in marriage. Yeah, yeah. I just want to quickly add, a lot of people jump to the concept of marriage, but a lot of the time they don't know that they need to fix their aqidah first. And that when they fix their aqidah, the, everything, the perspective changes for everything. I agree. What are your thoughts on this comment, bro? Real quick. Um, well, I mean, it depends on how you're forcing it. If you're forcing it with the aspect of fear, like you're threatening them, then 100%. And that's, mm -hmm. that's completely horrible. But um, I don't think, I think force will always denote some kind of fear and there's different levels to it. But um, yeah, I, I agree. That they'd be doing it out of fear and not out of the sake of Allah. That would be heavily problematic. Wa alaikum salam. Wa rahmatullah. MashaAllah. That's funny, bro. I've never gotten that. You guys can do Quran recitation live streams. If you don't know, Rami has done a little bit of a Quran uh, recitation of an ayah or two. And it was very relevant to yesterday's video, the reaction video. So if you guys haven't seen that, check that out. Inshallah. Let's see. Okay, so guys, five more minutes and then we got to wrap this up. What's going on, brothers? Not much. What about you? I see you in the comments a lot. Allahumma barak. Actually, even in Arab countries, except Gulf countries, but the situation is getting worse for them too. So, for Allah, may Allah protect us. I mean, all right. 
cinema's rights. I feel like being a Muslim in USA would be hard because the left, aka JB, is messing our school up with yeah progressiveness. Yeah, I agree. It's happening in Canada too. First of all, shout out to you. I saw you on my uh, vlog channel. I, I saw you commenting. Allahumma barik, bro. Double to you now. But Rami, what are your thoughts on uh, on this whole thing that's been going on? Because I feel like um, Salahuddin Ayubi, may Allah be pleased with him. He wrote uh, or he said this and it basically said that the way to destroy a nation, I'm paraphrasing, is to make adultery, uh, uh, fornication, zina and all that normal and widespread. Right. And if you change the youth, if you change and brainwash, you know, today's generation, it'll be easier to change tomorrow's generation instead of already changing the adults and going for the elders. You know what I mean? So they know what they're doing. But what was your experience going to school here in the West? Um, honestly, just it was it wasn't as bad as it is today. Alhamdulillah, when I was you know mm. still in like you know primary school and all that, but um, it was just very secular. It was very secular. It was just very based on things that you know they just wouldn't help my my afterlife. And uh, it's it's I think it's problematic because a lot of um, a lot of the teachers are women, and we lack you know masculine male authoritative figures in our life as young men, which is something that's very necessary. So on top of not really learning what we need to learn, um, not having access to proper Islamic education and um, not having good, you know, masculine role models, I think it's, it's a kind of a setup for disaster. And then they start teaching you about sex ed when you're like in grade eight, which is like mm -hmm. what, 11 or 12 or something like that. It's, um, it, it, it's really, it's honestly a recipe yeah. for disaster. That's true. All right. First of all, I want to give a quick shout out to this brother. So I'm in, uh, in Medina, in Al-Majid al-Nabawi, praying uh, one of the prayers. And a brother literally walks up to me and he's like, hey, are you fired? And I was like, oh, subhanAllah. And then he just recognized me because I was posting on my story on uh, Instagram when I was in Medina. And, you know, it was a very nice brother, mashallah, um, very hospitable. And I'm really glad that, you know, you bumped into me that day. Um, to address your, uh, your inquiry or whatever you wrote, I will agree with that. And I'll, I'll add my two cents that it's easier to find a woman, just like it is easier to find a man that meets your criteria to begin with than someone that promises to change or someone that you see as potential. Like, as men, we got to be objective. If you want a woman that wears niqab or hijab and she's not already doing that before marriage, what really makes you think she's going to do that after marriage? Can it happen? Of course. But you're basically saying who you are right now, it's not who I want you to be and therefore you have to change for me. If she hasn't already changed for Allah, then I think that says it all. Super chat from Brother Khaleb. Jazakallah khair. And you're a member. May Allah bless you. Assalamu alaikum. A lot of the Muslim ummah and the majority Muslim countries take it for granted. I spent a few years in Somalia and it was awesome to hear the Adhan and being surrounded by all the Muslims. Very refreshing atmosphere. Man, I cannot even compare living here to just my experience for two weeks in Medina and Mecca. Like, bro, every single store around me closes down around the prayers. 30 minutes before each of the five salah. Salawat and five, uh, 30 minutes after it just closed and during the whole thing it's just you can't go you can't go buy anything nothing and the Adhan's is there everything's there um, you know in internet like I'm scrolling on Instagram and just doing normal stuff and a lot of the websites are blocked and I'm just like bro this is how society should be like it like a lot of people will say this is extreme this is you know no this is the way of life and people are flourishing women are happy men are happy this is the way to go bro Alhamdulillah MashaAllah and Jazakallah for the super chat. May Allah bless you. <laughs> oh man, yo, we gonna we gonna keep that that part between me and you, bro. Okay, 
Next, ask your kids about school and what they learned today. My parents did that and they were able to teach me counter arguments. That's yeah, that's true. There's a disconnect between a lot of, let me, let me pin this down. There's a disconnect between a lot of men and women, um, at least parents today in the West, and their kids, the youth, right? The youth are becoming the youth. <laughs> but the, the reason they're, they're, they're becoming, I guess, lo losing the dean is because when they go to school, there's this false sense of authority. Oh, look, it's my parents. Oh, it's not, not parents. Oh, look, it's my teachers. Oh, look, it's, it's people superior to me telling me what to do. I have to follow their instructions to do well in school, to get those A's, to get that good GPA, and to succeed in the academic education system. Because I need to <clears throat> listen to what they say, Therefore, everything they say is valid. It's coming from a place of legitimate authority instead of, you know, why would they lie? You know, it makes no sense. So this whole notion of subtle programming when you go into school, you begin to see them say stuff like, oh, you need to respect pronouns or you need a pronoun or you need to cross-dress. And you're like, hmm, they're right. And parents are unaware of this, subhanAllah, to the point where it's like you're doing your thing at the dinner table and your son comes home or your daughter comes home and you say something that is islamically permissible and your daughter's like dad that's so barbaric that's so and you're like bro what is this why i brought you to you know the west and it's like this whole dynamic it's like y'all need to connect with your kids you know kevin from ireland this brother we did an episode with him uh live shahada if you didn't check that out mashallah beautiful brother uh fired the new vlog mashallah was beautiful man if you guys haven't seen his you know video that we did with him it was a very early video i think last year like very early on uh check that out and i have a, a ton of respect for reverts i gotta say i'm sure rami does too because bro allah knows best if we were born as non-muslims if we would come into the deen only allah is in control of that and just seeing these brothers that they completely changed their life just to accept Islam, it really does soften my heart. MashaAllah. Are you planning on moving to Saudi? Because I am. Allahu Alam, bro. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. MashaAllah. 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 Alhamdulillah. Yeah. May Allah reward you and grant you the best for you and your kids. Allahumma ameen. Ameen, ameen, ameen. Alhamdulillah. Let's see. And there needs to be a huge push for homeschooling. Imams and scholars should begin to speak about it more so it becomes more common. Rami, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree 100%. And the reason I would say homeschooling over Islamic schools is because even Islamic schools, they still have a criteria that they have to meet because to have your high school diploma, there are certain things you need to learn. And if they start incorporating things that shouldn't be in the Islamic curriculum, then that's going to be problematic. So um, I think that homeschooling would be safest, but if not, at least more Islamic institutions, Islamic schools. And I find it unfortunate that a lot of, with like aside from ISNA, a lot of the time when you go to Islamic schools, they're really small. They're really small. And there's only maybe like a 100 students. So we need more of those, inshallah. The, the speaker... Uh, when the lady asked about hijab, you're muted, bro. I was gonna say that's a little late, but uh, subhanallah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay, guys, last two minutes. How do you homeschool? Hire teachers? That's a good question. You you would teach your your own children, unless you. I mean, you probably can hire a teacher as well, but you can hire a teacher. It's still less fitna than sending them into the fire, bro. Yeah. All right, last couple questions, and then let's wrap it up. Assalamu alaikum, brother. I'm from Bangladesh. Yo, represent. 
secularism and toxic feminism is being pushed highly in my country and now practicing islam seems strange all right bro i'm gonna say something right now that a lot of bengalis won't like but if you're looking for islam a lot of muslim countries that's not where you're gonna find it and my experience with bangladesh it's, it's pretty weird like you know what i mean i'm not gonna say a lot of things because a lot of my family watches the podcast but i will say this that this whole narrative the western narrative that's being pushed on y'all in bangladesh and pakistan and india and all these countries is basically what's already happened for us the last couple of years so it's like now you guys are catching up to it and i'm telling you right now it's gonna get worse it's already written it's gonna get worse before it gets better so just hold tightly um you're gonna you're gonna seem like a lunatic bro expect that like reminding your family that you know we shouldn't celebrate birthdays because they're haram and them them being like bro what are you psycho like you, you, you we're just getting a cake we're just we're not you know like what's wrong with that and you're gonna be labeled the bad guy they're gonna put you in a box so expect that toughen up thicken your skin and uh inshallah allah makes it easy for you i mean i mean wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah alhamdulillah may allah accept it from us all right three more questions and we're done the youth suffers from entertainment addiction which makes them repel okay do you think an islamic state should restrict access to unhealthy entertainment of course 100 percent, 100 percent. and and unhealthy should not be something subjective it should be something that is actually like the scholars the ulama they have agreed that this is something genuinely you know because there are i think social media and a lot of this entertainment it has led to the decay of society Okay, Abir writes, how do you propose Muslim prepare for Qiyamah? Rami, this is all you. The way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger وسلم, told us to, just enjoin good, forbid evil, um, remind those around us of the day of Qiyamah and um, ask forgiveness from Allah constantly. Do the best that you can in this life and expect mercy from Allah, inshallah, and know that Allah is merciful. Inshallah, simple, bro. Adam Khan writes, I think Allah placed us Western-born Muslims here for a strategic reason. I wasn't born in the West. Rami, you weren't either, right? I was. Oh, you were. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, you know, this applies to me too and a lot of people that are here. I want to end it with this note that a lot of our parents, a lot of our families, a lot of the, the Muslims in the West, they didn't come here or make hijrah for the purpose of establishing the deen, for the purpose of dawah. But it doesn't mean that us descendants, we can't make that our intention. We can't do our part to try to revive Islam in the West. And ask yourself this, every single day, what did you do to push the needle forward for the deen than you did the day before? And if you didn't do anything, then don't go to sleep until you do. It could be something as simple as smiling to your neighbors and showing them that Muslims are good people, which we are. It could be something like, you know, being good to your women, being good to your wives, being good to your daughters. It could be something as simple as forbidding evil, where you see evil, helping someone in need, giving sadaqah. It could be anything, but do something. It's better than doing nothing. But remember, doing nothing is sometimes better than doing something bad. Which identity you guys from? think he means ethnicity ethnicity i don't i don't identify bro i don't know these pronouns i am a hundred percent bengali bro and i'm 100 percent palestinian mashallah bro and with that let's end it off rami do you think bro bismillah that being said allahumma atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kina adab al-nar assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh for me too
and walaikum salam rahmatullah turami and guys go in the description check out the umrah vlog what are you doing like i'm gonna leave you with this all right assalamualaikum